and gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome to the Hop Nation USA podcast. We are all here together and we are all here for episode 15. How about that, guys? 15 episodes in, three handfuls, as Adam said in our first take. The, I mean, the first take that completely just firebombed on itself, and we had to start all over again. Absolutely. That take is the one I'm referencing. Is that is that something we're going to save for a, another mini-sode? Yeah, sure. I'll keep that Hindenburg of an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the humanity. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're here for episode 15, as I mentioned. I am your host, Sam. To my right is Steve. Steve, how's it going today? I had a busy week. I, uh found myself volunteering at a school preaching um, absinthe only. Oh, absinthe, like the drink. Yeah, like there was a misprint in the ad, I think, what they were looking for. They were looking for abstinence, but I I just came in with Green Fairy propaganda. So I have a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. What is the Budweiser of absinthe? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell you, man. (laughs) Sounds like something somebody in New Orleans would know. <laughs> yeah. I tell you who makes a good absinthe is Wiggle. Have either of you guys have Wiggle's uh, absinthe? No, I, I haven't. Have, I've I didn't some even of their know. other products. Oh, yeah. They do make an absinthe, and it's available year-round, hmm. and it is absolutely amazing. I've never splurged and bought a bottle because it's about 40 bucks for half a fifth, but if you go down to um, their distillery, they will give you a sample of it for free, hmm. which is something I would highly recommend. It's very, very good. Uh, okay. So check it out. It even has a green label on it, you know, for the green fairy. Yes. See, that makes sense. Forty bucks for half a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> that wormwood's expensive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, hey, it does magical things to you. So everything comes with a price. Now, across from me is Adam. Adam, what is new with you today? You are back across from me. Yes, and that is a beautiful thing. I, last week, obviously, I was not across from you. Uh, we were actually at my new place, and now we are back at Sam's place. Uh, recording this week, and so I get to be across from you again, and this feels right. This feels comfortable. It does. My chi is harnessed, and I'm about to summon the Iron Fist to just take me right into this episode. Did you finish that season yet, or? I did. All 13 episodes. I watched them all, and I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite Marvel series, I think. Perhaps uh, you should celebrate by introducing our first beer. I can absolutely do that, and even before I do that, I'm going to introduce our theme for the day. I'm sorry, that was on me. I, I jumped the gun a little bit. Hey, that's okay. I was excited. I was excited. I I saw what was sitting in front of me, and I really want to try it. The beer will be flowing soon, Adam. Just just give it a minute here, and let me let me tell the audience what type of beers we're going to be drinking today. And as we head into summer here, our beer theme is going to be quite simply summer beers. Summer here. Summer's still in the fridge. We'll be drinking them later. (laughs) (laughs) And we get to make summer puns all episode. So if you want to turn episode 15 into a drinking game, just like you did 13 when we had the Goza episode, feel free to do that. Nice. All right. So our first beer in our summer series here today is going to be Victory's Summer Love. And this is going to be a golden ale. It is going to have some nice earthy and citrusy hop aromas, giving way to flavors of lemon and pine. Mm. So we might still get some hot flavor in there for Adam. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's what I look forward to. <laughs> now, Victory is a brewery out of Downington, PA, which I believe is out towards Philly. It is. It um, is. And this beer clocks in at 5.2% alcohol, so not too heavy for a summer beer. I'm all right with that. And that's one of the beautiful things about summer beers. They're supposed to be light. They're supposed to be easy drinkers because you're yeah. outside. You're celebrating the beautiful weather. And I think this is going to fit in nicely. 
I think so too. So let's uh, pop the top on this bad boy and let's start pouring. Last week we did camping with Terrapin. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot of the beers tonight are going to be also eligible for that camping spot. They're Yeah, they're applicable, but not necessarily in the same ways that we uh, approached it last week. Yeah, but we were talking about, well, I guess all the beers we're going to have tonight would fall into that utility that the recreation ale. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're talking tailgaters, we're talking river floaters, we're talking fishing beers. This yeah, this is this is outdoor activities yeah. here. Porch drinkers. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we can tell right off the bat that this is in fact a golden ale as it comes <laughs> with a very nice looking golden color. A little bit bubbly. Mm -hmm. The uh, yeah. it's a little hazy. Little ring of head there on the top. Uh, dissipated pretty easy there. I can smell a little bit of the hops on it. It has a nice clean smell to it. You can definitely smell some of those lemon notes, as the can implies. Yeah, I'm getting lemon notes. I'm not getting hop notes. Well, I'm not getting too much pine, but maybe we should take a sip and see what uh, see what flavors come out in our mouths. Hmm. 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 I don't know. Now, the first thing that I'm realizing about this beer is I'm getting a little sweetness up front, but I'm getting an even bigger bitterness on the back end. As am I. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty earthy and heavy. Mm -hmm. It's a little heavier than I expected it's, it to be. For as light as the beer looks, yeah. it smells. It is definitely it has a heavier taste and feel to it. Yeah, I will one hundred percent agree with you on that. This to me almost is reminiscent of a Kolsch. I feel like when I have a Kolsch beer, I'm getting a lot of bitterness in the background, and it's something mm -hmm. that I don't know. Depending on how much bitterness they use, sometimes it almost can make the beer taste a little bit skunked, if you will. I'm not a huge Kolsch guy, but um, you guys know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Oh, that yeah, reference. I've heard of them. It's a little more bitter than I expected it to be, but it's not too overpoweringly hoppy or anything. No, it's certainly not anything like a pale ale. No, 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 no let alone no, an IPA. No. I'm not even getting too many of the hops on it. I was just getting a lot of that bitterness on the back end, which I guess obviously is from the hops. But Have you burped yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure I will there's at some a, point. There's a hint of it there. Yeah, you get a little pine and earth. Yeah, I guess I was just expecting usually summer beers finish with a clean, kind of citrusy, sweet flavor sometimes, right. and that's really what I was expecting, even, you know, the, the lemon notes and kind of the citrusy flavors that the can said that this beer would have. So I was a little, little taken aback, but I'm not, I'm not going to give my final judgment or anything right now. I'm going to continue to sip on this and kind of see how it plays out. No, it's certainly not a bad beer. Just not what you were expecting. No. Yeah, I was thrown yeah. for a little loop, but now I know what to expect. I'm <laughs> right. Enjoy it throughout the rest of the segment, and then we'll circle back at the end. Steve, Sam, have you guys uh, gone on any beer adventures in the last week since the last time we got together? No, I haven't done any beer adventures. Any regular adventures? An adventure into video gaming? Well, that sure. could be an adventure. <laughs> has nothing to do with beer, but I'm sure you might have been drinking while you were playing video games. So. I, well, no, I wasn't playing video games. I was just watching the uh, all the E3 news conferences. Okay. And I was drinking. Nice. I was actually enjoying a Hop Ranch, which is also by Victory, I believe. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah. Does the Hop Ranch taste like ranch dressing? Absolutely not. Good. No, it tastes like an IPA. Okay. So, because I'm sorry, but anytime I hear Hop Ranch, I just think of Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Newman's own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Newman's own. Uh, so for those those that are uninformed, as well as myself, what is what is the E3? Okay, so E3 is basically the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Okay. 
that's been the big because you know every industry has its own big exposition, right? Sure. So there, there's a new console coming out as well. I got announced. Uh, sort of. Or is it just sort of an amped up version it, of what they have now? Xbox announced their own thing, which is the Xbox X mm-hmm. or Xbox One X. So They're, wouldn't that just be the Xbox Eleven? I guess I don't know. Their naming convention is or so... the Xbox Nine. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, their naming conventions are insane. It sounds like they just gave it to their 13-year-old nephew and said, "What do you want to name it?" I'm gonna name it this. I'm gonna name it Xbox X. Maybe that's the mystery of it, though. They they want to keep people guessing. They want to. They want people talking. What is this system called? We're not gonna <laughs> announce the official name of it. You got to try to figure out what it is yourself. Well, Wait, I, think... I thought that was the official name. The yeah, that, no, that is the official name. Yeah, but we're having this discussion, and we don't even know. Is it the 9? Is it the 11? Is it the 1X? Oh, I think it's the 1X. I just think it's the 1X. It's prompting because, discussion. Because 1 is written out, and then X is just X, so it's not like a Roman numeral. Oh, see, you <laughs> so didn't clarify that. I didn't know. So yeah. they, took the, they essentially took the uh, Vince McMahon WrestleMania X8 yeah. approach. <laughs> yeah. So they named it from 1998. I guess it's it, it's insane because come October, I believe, there's going to be three Xbox Ones on the market. What? You're going to have the Xbox One. Yeah. Then you're going to have the Xbox One S. Wait, what the hell is the One S? It's the intermediary step between the Xbox One and the Xbox One X. What the hell? I know. It's, they're taking it's the Apple approach and they're putting out like three or four different iPhones that have different yeah, capabilities. Yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> It, That's very, very confusing, because you would think, I mean, unless you were, imagine a parent trying to get something like that for their kid for Christmas. Yeah. They have no idea what to choose. They don't know if it's going to be capa- have the capabilities that their kid wants or whatever. I mean, that just, I mean, I don't follow Xbox or Microsoft too closely, but that seems like a terrible marketing scheme to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So you bring that up, and that, that was actually already a proven problem with um, the Nintendo Wii and the Nintendo Wii U. Nobody knew the difference. Right, because if you think of every other Nintendo system, it went from and it was N64 to GameCube to Wii. There was a distinct break. There's mm-hmm. always a different name. Mm-hmm. And then they went Wii U and everybody got confused. Right. So now they have the Switch. And even with Nintendo versus Super Nintendo, right? you, you knew. You, you knew. You knew. Mm-hmm. I think that's also because there was enough time between the two consoles. Correct. Those consoles were like 10 years apart. If right. not, you yeah. Know. So you knew, oh, Super Nintendo, that's a new thing. So there was one other thing that I, I picked up, not actually watching E3, just in the other channels of things of my interest, but mm-hmm. Forza 7. I figured this kind of came across your... It did. It might have came across your bow. It did, and not only Forza 7, but uh, there is now an agreement between the makers of Forza 7 and Porsche. Yeah. And to help debut that, Porsche actually brought out one of their new cars, the mm-hmm. Porsche 911 uh, GT2 RS, which... I know you guys aren't big Porsche fans, but the previous GT2 was an absolute monster of a machine, uh, and the beauty of it is that it is rear-wheel drive only. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you guys, but you think about it, it's rear-wheel drive with the engine out on the ass end. That means you have to be absolutely on your toes at all times to try to drive this car with any sense of not killing yourself. I, it's a murder machine. Yeah. But That's I, all there is. It's a murder machine. Hmm. Let me ask you a real quick question. Sure. 
the Dodge Viper is the same way, isn't it? It's, that is also a murder machine. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, that thing tries to actively kill you. It does. <laughs> it does. But what makes this more interesting is the engine is out back. Mm. So once you get that ass end stepping out, you've got six hundred pounds of well, you're done of aluminum <laughs> and momentum carrying it out with you. Yeah, it's you can't recover from that. Yeah, you get that snap over steer, you're and you're swapping ends. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. So I got I got one more piece of news, and this one's specifically for Sam. Oh boy! Um, coming out of the conference, they announced the Power Glove, Mario Brothers. Sort of to you, Sam, not to you, Adam. <laughs> They're not bringing back the Power Glove. No, Damn. that's basically what VR controls are. They're all Power Gloves now. Um, well, we're all a big fan of the Mario Party series. Oh, absolutely. Well, who it, isn't? Those that want to keep friendships? <laughs> well, okay, we're, you know, love-hate relationship with it. But. And then, Sam, I know you and your wife got into uh, those rabid games. Yeah, yeah, we played a number of those rabid games. They're pretty fun, mindless. Yes. Yeah, so, like, they're, they're all, like, mini-games and stuff, too, right? Uh, the one we have is actually a whole story. It's called Rabbids Go Home, and you're trying to build a trash pile for the rabbits to climb up to the moon and go home. Okay. Very silly stuff. A but, tale as old as time. Okay, yeah, so, exactly. so they announced a new game. It's it's Mario and the Rabbids. Oh, a collaboration game. Yeah. Between the Rabbids and Mario, and it's a party. That's what you would think it would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A rabid Mario party. Um, unfortunately, bad news for you, Sam. It's like a Final Fantasy Tactics turn-based oh, RPG. No. Oh, man. <laughs> My least favorite style of game. A game that I... Do not enjoy whatsoever, <laughs> and one I don't own any RPGs. They're the most boring games in the world to me. I can't uh, I can't move along at that slow pace, even if they are yeah. And this is the strategic. S- this is the slowest of the slow because it's strategy and turn based. It's uh, the slowest version that you can make. So you're not buying it, Sam. I can already tell you that. These, right now. This is why the only two Mario games I think I have do not own. Uh, for any of the systems, are that Paper Mario game for Nintendo 64, because that mm-hmm. was an RPG. And then that one they released for Super Nintendo, is like Super Mario Legend of the Seven Stars. Yeah. It was on the very, very back end oh, of the okay. Super Nintendo release. And I have just, it on my phone. Yeah, it was just not fun. But that's really <laughs> disappointing. It, but Well, if you're an RPG I like fan, it. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I think you would enjoy I like it. it. But ah, that's really disappointing. You would think that that would just be a giant collaboration party. You would think, yeah, it would, it's the simplest formula to take those two party games and mash them together. Well, still something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, something that I did over the course of the weekend was, as we all know, Pittsburgh is certainly flourishing in breweries, and to bring us back to the beer talk, I uh, checked out a new brewery this weekend, gentlemen. Okay, which one's this? Uh, was what? it Brew, gentlemen? <laughs> he said new. Actually, I know, but I couldn't not. pass up that joke. <laughs> A fine joke it was, Adam, but unfortunately... <laughs> For wrong. a jerk. Indeed. Quite. <laughs> it was the Leaning Cask Brewery, and that brewery is located out in the Cheswick-Springdale area. So out mm-hmm. east of Pittsburgh, if you go out Route 28, past mm-hmm. RIDC Park, Fox Chapel, all those spots, and uh, you know, go off the Cheswick-Springdale exit, you will find this brewery. And? What's their deal? What's their deal? <laughs> so, interestingly enough, their deal is about as stereotypical of a deal as you can get right now with with craft brewing. Um, We went into the brewery, and they have very nice spots. It's right on the the main street in Springdale. Mm -hmm. And the building looked awesome. But what it was was it seemed like it was incredibly Mm cookie-cutter compared to the other breweries that we've seen. 
walls were lined with wood panels, had those Edison bulb lights yep. hanging down from the ceiling. Oh. Um, you know, large bar, vid- uh, not video games, but uh, just, you know, board games, stuff like that. Okay. It's just, it, it looked so cookie cutter that, I don't know, I really wasn't all that impressed, although it did look really nice. It just kind of took you out of your element. Yeah, and here's the thing about the beer, too, and, and this brought up a little bit of a concern for me that around, you know, craft brewing in Pittsburgh and how big it's getting and how quickly these breweries are opening up. Uh-huh is that I had three beers. I had their double IPA, their IPA, and their Scottish Ale, which, by the way, all their beers are named after dogs, which I uh, really, really yeah. enjoyed. So that dragged you in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that definitely enticed me mm-hmm. uh, to go into the brewery, but you know, I like to, ch- to check out the local P- Pittsburgh beer scene anyhow. Right, but right. here's the thing about the beers. They, they weren't bad, but none of them were good. Mm. They were about as generic as you could possibly be. Mm. And it makes me wonder if there's so many people out there that are trying to get on the craft beer bandwagon while this kind of boom is still happening before, you know, it, it busts and the, the market essentially becomes oversaturated. Is it, are they losing focus on the actual product itself and focused on, hey, this is a cool social atmosphere. It's really popular right now, especially in, you know, different neighborhoods around the burg. Because I'll tell you what. There's been a couple, and I'm not going to name any other ones because we're talking about this one specifically, but I've been to a couple now, uh, ones that have recently opened, that I wasn't overly impressed with. And at the end of the day, I'm not an atmosphere guy. I go there because <laughs> I want to drink the beer, and I want right. it to be good beer, especially with the with the prices that people are charging for craft beer. You don't want to spend seven, eight bucks on a beer and you know, not have yeah, it be not good. good. No, that's a good call. So I, I don't know if you guys have given any thought to that or if you've run into anything like that, but it, it, it was almost concerning to me going in there that it was so cookie cutter and the beer was just so generic. Um, so I have a thought on this. Mm-hmm. I think you're right that a lot of people are trying to rush to the market Mm-hmm. And get in, you know, while they can, and that's why we see a lot of these breweries open up and have uh, just kind of like eh, beers mm-hmm. on tap when they first open. But there's a couple of breweries I'm thinking of right now that they had iffy uh, four taps on when they mm-hmm. first opened, mm-hmm. but as they went on, they were able to expand their catalog mm-hmm. and get like better beers on tap. Okay. <clears throat> So I'm wondering if maybe you go back to go back to this place in say a month or three, whether that maybe their their profiles have changed, that mm-hmm. their brewing has become a little better. With that, I'd go even up to six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, up to six months. And I, and I know exactly what you mean. Uh, and some of that is simply you got to get the doors open because mm-hmm. you've got bills piling up. Right. You got to get something out there that most everybody will drink. Bring them in, and yes, they're going to be basic, but. They're basic beers that are known quantities, known entities that people will drink. Yeah. You'll drink an IPA. You'll drink a porter. I'll drink a wheat beer. Yeah. But you may not necessarily be able to get into the, you know, the nuanced beers right away. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to establish yourself, yes, we're open, yes, we have beer, and then you can go and yeah. get creative go yeah. where you want to go in whatever direction you're trying to. And I, and I think that's the other thing that we're not, we may be glossing over being snobby. Yeah. As we are, we are. <laughs> um, we are. Is that we're used to having like a very nuanced and very perfected recipe, mm-hmm. whereas it sounds like the recipes that like maybe sandwich drinking at this place were they're good enough, right? You know, they're good enough to open up a, a bar with, mm-hmm. and you just hope that you can keep it open, and then maybe as you go along, you can perfect those recipes, right? 
or even replace them with other recipes that are better. Right. While you're open, while you're operating, taking care of the bills and everything like that. Because it is a business. At yeah. the end of the day, it is a business and you have to make money. Yeah. Yeah, I still I still don't think we're approaching like that oversaturation. I don't think the craft beer market's ever going to bust. Because I think it will. No, because here it, people are always going to want alcohol. That's just one of those things. Vice is one of the best <laughs> markets to ever be in. Because <laughs> it will never go away. Right. I, I agree with you're, that 100%. You're, you're going to have businesses that will fail, mm-hmm. but they're going to fail because they suck. <laughs> right. No, the market will dictate. Exactly. That's actually, you know, the thought process behind the customer is always right. Right. The customer will dictate the market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's okay if there's some breweries out there that aren't putting their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. If they go under, sorry about your luck, dude. But that's just the way it goes. But right. we're never going to see a complete bust where the really good ones, you know, like Gristow's is never going to close. I don't no. think. I was down there last Saturday uh, for one of their food truck roundups. They mm-hmm. had a collaboration with Dry Log Brewing, and the place was an absolute madhouse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it was it was nut the butt the whole way through. You You couldn't move. You couldn't get to the bar, which is kind of funny because... You couldn't get to the bar because everybody was at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually there on Friday as well, Grist House, and it was it was pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. But they, they do have they have a great scene down there. But I mean, it's awesome down there. At the end of the day, as great as their uh, atmosphere is, their beer is even better. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, they put out a superior product. I, I have a friend of mine who is who is also a, a uh, craft beer enthusiast, and for whatever reason, which I will never get an explanation out of him. He had never been down there, yeah. uh, and I met him down there on Saturday as part of the food truck roundup, and he turned to me and said, why didn't I come down here two years ago? Yeah. And all, my only response was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You, I told you to come down here. Yeah, so so back to that point of the the bust, you're, you're down there at Grist House. It's a great place. Yeah. They have the superior product. So maybe one of these other breweries that isn't so great, they go down Maybe just Grist House moves in. Just buy them. Yeah. And they can kind of expand out. Yeah. But that, and then that kind of goes into... You ever see that episode of South Park where they wanted to destroy the Walmart? Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I'd yeah. And then what happens is the gym's hardware starts to build up, and then that becomes the monopoly. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. something like that's going to happen. No. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. But I, I just don't think we're ever going to see a bus like the Tulips of 1640. <laughs> or... What? That's one of the first, you guys didn't ever learn that? It's one of the first, like, economic booms and busts that was, like, really recorded. So the Dutch had a, the Dutch had a, a tulip, tulip business. Yeah. And tulips became so widely traded that they are almost regarded as currency. Oh. But then there was just too much, too many tulips and it oversaturated the market. And huh. it fucking went bust in like hyper hyper uh, inflation. Yeah, it went to hyper inflation, and the whole market went bust in like the 1600s. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was gonna say I definitely didn't either. Okay, well, there's an economic history for you. I <laughs> guess I don't think we need to necessarily compare that to craft beer in Pittsburgh, but I mean, <laughs> no, no, but there I mean, are some similarities. Yeah, I guess it's, it's an example of just how economic booms and busts happen. Hmm. But I don't think the market. Of craft beer and vice is not susceptible. The same the same way I don't think gasoline is. It, it's just the demand's too high. 
I guess we'll see. The important thing is, you know, for some of these breweries that are just opening up, I, I do hope, you know, that they will continue to experiment with some of their recipes, uh, continue to fine-tune things, if you will, and make sure they're putting out, you yeah. know, good craft beer. Because at the end of the day, that's what really is going to draw someone back is, is the product itself. And that's, as a business owner, one of the most important things I believe you should focus on is the product you're actually putting out. I think mm-hmm. that's something we should put a, a tickler out there for you, Sam. Uh, go back in three months or six months and, yeah. and get that comparison. And, and I, I have a hunch that they'll... they'll might change around. Yeah, they'll yeah. up their game. So, uh, congrats to the folks at Leaning Cask for opening their brewery doors. That's a huge accomplishment. I wasn't necessarily <laughs> shitting on them. Hey, look, I'm here on a podcast. They actually opened up a craft brewery, so <laughs> well, yeah, they're yeah. light years ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. But That's hey, the luck to their future. Yes. Hey, yes. They, they didn't wow me the first time, but they could certainly try again in a couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll give them another shot. I'm not boycotting them or going <laughs> to shit on them too much. I was saying that was my first. Those were my first impressions. It's not like the dogs that they the named the beers after are swimming in the vats in the back. Maybe they are. I didn't go look. <laughs> <laughs> Old red tick lager. Red rocket lager. <laughs> oh no! All right. Speaking of red rockets, let's get back to this beer. Really? No. I just no. looked at it because it has a kind of like a red band around the top of the can. I don't know. Doesn't look like a rocket at all, but whatever. <laughs> no, that would that would have been a good segue if we were. This was our Fourth of July episode. Yeah, you could have been like, let's get back to our red rockets, red glare, or something. But let's pocket that one for our Fourth of July episode. Yeah, let's write that joke down. Keep it. Wow, let's reuse talk, it. Let's yeah. talk about this beer. Okay. To to remind everybody, we are drinking the Victory Summer Love. <laughs> so we had some kind of, we had some mixed feelings here on the beer the first uh, first couple sips, but now that we've had a chance to really sip on this guy, enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, what are your final thoughts, guys? Adam, let's start with you. Meh. I appreciate what it is. Uh, I understand that it is it's a summer drinker. It's not going to be in the the pale ale IPA side of things, which I appreciate. Um, but beyond that, it's it's just kind of a, a basic beer, and meh, it's alright. I, if somebody handed it to me and it was cold, I'd drink it. I wouldn't seek it out. Fair enough. Steve, what about you? I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't know. It was too... You know, now that I'm looking at the can, it's giving me something completely different. Right? It's giving me Just a by looking thought. at the can? Yes. Yes, by just by looking at the can. So on the can, mm-hmm. there is a picture of a man swinging a baseball bat, and there's a big baseball. Okay. Now, the whole time I was drinking this beer... There's a bunch of other pictures, but they don't matter. <laughs> the, whole, the whole time I was drinking this beer, I was thinking of it as an active beer, as a as a running around, hanging out, mm-hmm. doing things beer, and I thought it was too heavy and a bit too earthy for that. But now that I'm thinking of it as just a beer drinking at a baseball game... Because you're also, I, I'm noticing on the can that they, they also got a guy that's fishing. Yeah, no, see, all those don't count. See, these are all... Oh, because it doesn't fit the narrative? This is a baseball right. beer for you? <laughs> right. Only this, at Pirates games or other yeah, ballpark this, establishments? Right. Washington Wild Things. Yeah, this is this is just a sitting in the stands drinking beer. Really? Yeah, you, you don't think it's too heavy for that? So, no. So no. you'll sit in the stands and drink it, but you won't sit on a boat and drink it. I'll sit on the boat and drink it. Well, you can just be fishing, just have your line hanging over the yeah. edge until you get a bite. If you're know. no good at fishing, you can do a lot of that. I like some. I don't know. I like something more fresh for fishing. All right. This is just yeah. It's just a little too heavy. A little too bitter for. It's, it, for what it is, it felt a little. too There's heavy. also an ice cream yeah. cone on this can. You wouldn't want to drink this. See, <laughs> that's why eating an ice cream dude, cone. See, that's why I said all those other pictures don't count. 
Beer Dude, cakes are terrible, by All the way. those tertiary pitchers don't mean anything. That's just filling up space. Uh, it's only the baseball man and the baseball that count. <laughs> the baseball man. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. He is in the main part of the logo. So. I know. So, Sam, what were your thoughts on the summer love? So, here are my thoughts. I actually have a couple more of these in my fridge. I'm going to drink them, but I'm not going to purchase it again. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it that much. It's just, it was a little bit too bitter for me. When I think of a summer beer, I want something clean, something crisp, something that's refreshing. If I'm getting that much bitterness on the back back end, this isn't something I'm going to want to have multiples of on my porch. And if I you want, want something that's much, much more pleasant in my mouth. And if you have that, if you want that earthy and, and hoppy taste, go get a pale ale. Yeah, or an IPA. Or I an can, IPA. I can drink an IPA yeah. anytime. So, yeah. yeah, I would absolutely be avoiding this beer. But, hey. There's only one way to find out if you, the audience, will enjoy it. And And that's that's go out and try it. Go get it. The Summer Love will be available all summer long (laughs) (laughs) at a victory establishment near you. Just a quick point before we close this out. I think maybe the reason why I want to pair it with baseball so much is because I am thinking of the Pirates. Mm -hmm. So a very bitter beer Ah. would go very well (laughs) with a Pirate season. (laughs) What What about with pierogies? No. No? No. Nah. Don't ruin my rogies with this. Not even Oliver Onion? Uh-uh. Especially Oliver Onion. Especially Oliver Onion. Alright, let's, let's get the hell out of here. The summer, the summer love is done. We're coming back at you here in just a few moments with our next summer beer, and we'll give that one a taste and let you know what we think. Stick around. Cop Nation, we are here, and I think at least myself, I'm feeling a little thirsty. I don't know about you guys, but that uh, that first summer beer didn't really quench my thirst as much as I was hoping. I'm a little parched myself. Uh, I'll willfully admit that. Steve, do you have a cure for what ails us? I got the thirst, and you, I hope I got the cure. You get it? Ails us? Shut up. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't even a summer pun. I mean, some of them are puns. Uh, See, now he brought it back, and he got a summer plan. That's there. right. Oh. That's right. So anybody who's still playing along, Drake. You will bait and switch. Because see, summer puns and summer jokes and summer goofs. Wow. I get it, but I'm not <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I get it. It ain't making me laugh. I want to know it. what beer you're holding in your hand right now. That's all I care about. So, second beer for the night, we have the Rogue Honey Kolsch. It's a German-style ale brewed with Rogue Farms Hopyard Honey. And you have been to the Rogue Hop Farms, correct? Yes, I have. <laughs> but I didn't see their uh, bee farm. <laughs> Bees? Bees? Well, maybe you should take a drive back out there. It's not very far. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, I mean... No. It's only in Oregon. Come on. Yeah, comparative to the moon, it's not too far. <laughs> true. Very true. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, this is a 5% alcohol with an IBU of 26, so Adam should be a little happier on this one. Yeah, I mean, the last one wasn't bad in terms of IBUs. I'm just saying happier. No, it wasn't hoppy. Happier. No. Oh, yeah, and it's brewed with uh, wildflower honey. Nice. Yeah. Nice. From Rogue Farms. Right. So have either of you had this beer before? Nope. I know that I have not. Well, that makes three of us. But as I mentioned in segment one, I'm not a huge fan of Kolsch's, so I generally don't seek them out. 
but this one's particularly interesting to me just because it's brewed with honey from a farm at Rogue's, which is kind of neat when when a brewery is kind of really getting into bringing in natural yeah. bringing in natural ingredients right. that they are making themselves instead of you know, importing it from other places. So you're not a big fan of the Kolsch's? Nah, it's generally not my preferred style of beer. I don't drink them too often. Would you say that you would give the style the Kolsch shoulder? Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's just all revved up yes. now. I know. We're, we we started we started him off, and he's just going to continue to run with this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Like you, Sam, though, I'm not a big fan of Kolsch style, but I am a big fan of Rogue and Honey. So you're kind of torn on this one. Yeah, well, I mean, I got it because I went two out of three. I like Rogue, and mm. I, I do like beers with honey in them. So are you saying you don't necessarily believe in the style? Yes! Oh, my God. Come to the dark side. That wasn't even a good one. I just had to throw something out there. They don't, they there. don't have to they be don't good They don't have ones. to be good ones. They're puns. Yeah. They're never good They're ones. They're inherently bad. So this looks exactly the same as the last one, maybe a little more effervescent. A little more effervescent. Not much head on it. I would say it's a little lighter. Yeah, but not much. No, it's, it's much more of a straw where the other one was kind of a gold. Yeah, it seems like if you would kind of have to put them next to each other to have yeah. any, notice any real difference between them, yeah. which we did not do. It's got a good nose on it. It does. You can smell the honey. Yeah, you can smell the honey. It's very fresh. Ooh, I like that one. Huh. That's a very interesting taste. It is. It's quite it's, sweet. Yeah, it's... That is a summer drinker. That is a real summer drinker. Yeah, that that is... Oh, I'm going to go back. Yeah, that's the definition of a summer drinker right there. That has a, has a very interesting aftertaste to it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little bit of bitterness on the back end, but not nearly as much as the last beer. No. And I think that's just because, as we were mentioning before, you know, this is still a style of Kolsch, but I think right. it's a much more balanced beer because it's not incredibly bitter, and you're really getting a lot of honey up front that kind of lingers throughout the whole, you know, sip of beer. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of honey up front. The front. Back. And, and the back end, I'm... Getting like wildflower, I feel. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe the bitterness is actually wildflower that I'm tasting in my mouth. I don't know. So I'm wondering. I need a couple more sips. I'm wondering if uh, if you were able to drink this very locally to the to the hop farm mm-hmm. and, and the the honey farm. I wonder if there is enough transfer from the honey into the beer to be able to solve some of your allergy issues, because that is one thing you can do is eat a lot of honey from your local area. Mm-hmm. And that'll kind of help your your allergies and, and your pollen ills. Hmm. I don't know. So I'm wondering if there's enough transfer there, and you can drink beer and use that as an excuse to cure your allergies. <laughs> I don't. It seems know. like something that is worth trying. Yeah, it's worth trying uh, for sure. Road trip. Yeah, road trip. Road trip. It's definitely worth just going to the rogue farm. So. <laughs> well, then yeah. wouldn't that just be a rogue trip? Hey yo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. This is a this is a pretty clean drinking beer too with mm-hmm. a really nice finish i like this beer i do too and i'm i'm honestly not a huge fan of rogue i know steve is a big fan of rogue uh i'm not but i really like this beer mm-hmm. i'm i'm digging it i i really love how like kind of fresh and clean this one drinks it kind of hops off the tongue a little bit it really does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one kind of hop i do like in my beer uh, uh. wow yeah see you're starting to turn me now already there sam you found one hop that I like in my beer. I know. Well, you know, you start one hop at a time, and mm-hmm. then soon it's two hop, three hop. Well, and Fuggle. Fuggle will always hold a special place in my heart. So you guys want to hop into the next segment? Yes. Please. Because I got news. boop doop 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 boop boop news. You had news in the first segment. No, that's, but that wasn't beer news. This is beer news. 
You had video game news. I had beer you news. Just had, you just had experience. Beer experience. That's not news. There's no journalism to that. Yeah, that's, that's just, true. Let's get into this news that you have. First story, AB InBev is back on the radar. <laughs> Those guys again. <laughs> Carrying on and with their shady business practices. What are they being oh, shady about now? What are they up to? Uh, do you guys know Rate Beer, the website? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like, for people who don't know, Rate Beer is basically a website for reporting beer, reporting on new beers coming out, rating them, giving them... It was kind of a precursor to Untapped. Yeah, basically, yeah. It was a precursor to Untapped along with Beer Advocate. So what does InBev want with these guys? Money. People don't know yet. That's the problem. But hey, you got to tell us. But apparently, uh, in October... They brokered a deal with a company called, uh, it's called ZX Ventures, and that's the parent company that owns RateBeer.com. So that's the, that's the venture capital investment firm that you buy into to buy a minority stake in RateBeer, which is what they did. So wait, this happened in October. Why are we just talking about it now that it's June? Well, that's part of the problem is that they, they didn't release that information. Oh, it wasn't. Okay. It, it wasn't until just uh, last week, around the seventh or eighth, hmm. that Joe Tucker, the founder of Rate Beer, revealed AB InBev had bought a minority stake in Rate Beer. Damn it! Yeah, they're getting in the, all sorts of pies. Yeah. Uh, in addition, they're also involved in Northern Brewer. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So they're they're getting it from all ends. They're getting it from the craft beer community. They're getting it from the homebrew home community. Now they're getting into the the drinking side of things, which yes, I know is a bit you know on yeah. the nose, but the the hobby side of drinking. Yeah. So they're getting it from all angles. Right. And as response to all this, one of the very first people to come out was the CEO of Dogfish Head. Okay. And he asked Rate Beer to pull all mention of their beers off their website. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nuke it from orbit. <laughs> yeah. The only just, way to be sure. He's like, uh, well, we don't want to be a part of your website anymore. Quote, he says, no brewer should be in a position to uh, potentially manipulate what consumers are hearing or saying about beers. Hmm. And, and I think that's a valid point. Yeah. And he, he calls this initiative by AB InBev to buy into this as ethically dubious and the lack of transparency is troubling. Because, like you said, Sam, why are we just now finding out about mm-hmm. this now? So, now, I'm not one to really... I haven't used rate beer too, too much. I, I, it's not really my go-to. Mm-mm. But I'm wondering, ha- has it changed in any way since October, once InBev kind of got their hands into the pot? And do they have any plans for the future of what they want this website to be? I, I think they do, and I think there's another part to this that hasn't really come out yet. That maybe the connections haven't been made yet, but um, ZX Ventures also owns a app similar to Untapped, called uh, it's called Be Hoppy. Okay, I've never heard of that. Exactly. So I think that might be the ground floor for maybe eight, uh, InBev to kind of do some tweaking in there. Hmm. So they want to have a competitive app, or excuse me, a competitive app for untapped users to now right. bring out that competition. Right. But then they can maybe manipulate it in such a way that AB InBev beers would be featured more often. Mm. Cuz you know how on untapped every now and then you see you see promotions and stuff for, you know, like Goose Island, which is an AB InBev company. Sure. But maybe you would see those promotions more on this Be Hoppy app and not so they would not on untapped anymore. So they would actually kind of be 
putting somewhat of a monopoly, or at least that's the that's the thought process behind some of these breweries or some of these other folks that are speaking out that they're almost going to put a monopoly on yeah. the, the the rating of different beers to have theirs featured a little bit more. Or could it be from the standpoint of hey, if someone gives their beer you know negative ratings, that they could kind of alter the system so that they don't show as much? I, I think it's kind of both because they could you could show preferential treatment. Kind of a, a Yelp extortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that's they, what I'm afraid of. Yeah, they could show preferential treatment on rate beer, and mm. then that also translates to, like, be hoppy, getting higher scores and everything. And these InBev folks are sneaky. I tell you what, mm-hmm. they uh, they can't just keep their hand in one pot. Mm-mm. Well, they are a business, and I, I understand yes that it is. It's it. They're in it for the money. They're not necessarily there for the the craft of it. No. They're but, a publicly traded company. But what's strange is you don't hear these kind of like shitty attitudes and bad business practices coming from Coors Miller. You know, Miller Coors. Maybe they just have a better set of lawyers. Maybe they just have, <laughs> maybe just have people who keep their mouth shut better. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't, like, I rarely see, you know, articles about them doing something mm-hmm. shady like and, this. And they do do similar things where they're buying up the, the craft breweries as right, well. Right. Yeah, I mean, they do that, but they don't do the stuff where, like, they buy other arms. Right. You know, because the last thing we talked about was how AB InBev bought that South African hop farm mm-hmm. and then restricted access to actual ingredients. Mm-hmm. You don't hear Miller Coors doing that. Right. So So I guess I'll, in support, I will continue to not drink Miller Lite along with the Bud Light. <laughs> okay. So that's how I will real, show... Real sacrifice in your life. I will life. show my solidarity <laughs> no with Miller Coors. No more Bud Light. Real sacrifice. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Didn't mean to bring you down, bud. That's all right. They'll they'll probably just buy us out and it'll be okay. Uh, I yeah, mean, yo, no, I'll sell the fuck out. Right now. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I like my Corvette in red. <laughs> I want mine in black. And so help me if it has an automatic transmission. Mm. I want paddle shifters. Now, I wonder, outside of the dogfish head owner that you mentioned before, has anyone else kind of spoken out? Harpoon has? Yeah, Harpoon came out. uh, A number of other breweries, uh, ones that we don't really know, so I didn't really write them down. But, yeah, the very first outspoken ones were um, Sal Calione of the dogfish head, and then Harpoon jumped right in and said, yeah, we agree, and they asked for the UFO ratings to be pulled down and all that. Oh, good for them. We should really take a stand. The show. We <laughs> sure. should get them on here. We'll get right on. <laughs> just get them. Just give them an open mic. Go nuts, buddy. Oh, uh, you know what? What? Uh, it's Sam, not Sal. So Sam. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Did you ring? So Sam, if you're listening to the show right now and hearing us go on about how brave, well, I don't want to say brave. <laughs> brave. He's not a firefighter. I know. <laughs> He's a businessman. He's a businessman. <laughs> So, Sam, if you are listening right now, we applaud what you are doing for Dogfish Head and, and pulling the reviews off of the ratebeer.com now that InBev have picked them up. And, you know, we'd certainly love to talk to you. So if you're listening to the show and want to want to come make a little venture out to Pittsburgh or invite us out to the brewery, you know, we'd be happy to come out, try some of the beers, and <laughs> have ch- chit-chat with you. Have chit-chat. laptop, we'll travel. We'll have chit chat and we'll shit on InBev for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All of our equipment is portable. We are we are available for the highest price. Uh, so if I get two Corvettes from Dogfish Head, <laughs> well, see that's the thing. I think I think our things are a little skewed because AB InBev can buy us out with Corvettes, 
but like just a little bit of 120 minute and dogfish head will shit on AB InBev. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right on that one. I just had a dogfish head beer the other day that I really enjoyed. The Sequench. Have you guys had the Sequench yet? I've had that, Is yeah. that the one that has sea salt in it? Right. Yeah, like lime and sea salt. It's the one that's Black a lime. third. It's the third Goza. It's actually... It's a sour ale. It's three different beers brewed and then mixed together. Oh, and okay. one of those styles is a Goza. I got you. Yeah, yeah. It's very I believe great. another style is bourbon winter with ice, and I think the third style is a Kolsch. I can dig it. Yeah. They're all old German styles, and they're all just thrown in a pot. The world knows no finer. Yes. <laughs> That's right. All right. You said news plural, Steve. So mm-hmm. what uh, mm-hmm. What other news do you have? Is there more? Be more. There's more news, and this is, a, is good news. Good news, good news. Good. Uh, we need some, some good news up in this piece. The Beer Institute, which is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> How do we become board members of that? I don't know. But there is just a thing called the Beer Institute, and they're located in Washington, D.C. They're official. That's I looked into it. Is they, that a .com or a .org? It is a .org. Nice. Oh, man. So I it, like this already. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to talk about is they came out with a study just showing how beer, well, basically the site is called Beer Serves America. Which is ironic because America also serves beer. hey But that's what it is. It, it, they came out with an economic study about how beer serves America. Hmm. And apparently beer serves America really well. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Example. Well, take a guess at how many jobs the industry provides. All of craft beer or all beer all in beer. general? Just all beer. beer? 295,318. I'm going to say about 1.1 million. Sam's a little closer, but you still have to double it. Damn. Yeah, the beer industry provides 2.23 million American jobs. Nice. Yeah. That's that's great. Yeah. That's a lot of employment. Yeah, 36,000 of those jobs are in PA alone. Wow. Wow. Good for PA. Really uh, taking a chunk out of that. Yeah. So that's not just brewers and packers and everything. That's also wholesale and sales and just all of those jobs. Right. All four tiers. Yeah. And uh, it produces $63 billion in tax revenue. Nice. Yeah. So... (laughs) Wow, so the government should be real happy about yeah, that. The government, <laughs> state has government, got federal to be government, happy about that. Sixty-three billion. Oh my god. Yeah, but part of, uh, part of the study it wound up uh, finding that uh, cities that were more likely to welcome microbreweries into their area mm-hmm. and like kind of give them licenses and such, and the microbreweries would find their ways into kind of more depressed areas of the city. As we've seen in across Pittsburgh. multiple neighborhoods of Pittsburgh. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, apparently this happens all over the nation. It's not just something that, like, we've witnessed it. Now here's the proof <laughs> <laughs> that it happens everywhere. Interesting. But, yeah, like, microbreweries are far more likely to move into more depressed areas and then help build those areas up the same way, like, artisanal whatever shops. <laughs> well, that's damn damn decent of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they find they find cities that are more welcoming welcoming to microbreweries mm-hmm. are more likely to have you know resurgences in these uh, sadder areas because it gives somebody a reason to go to that city that's right mm-hmm. I'm sorry but a textile shop is going to have a very limited market mm-hmm. versus a brewery most everybody's gonna go try a brewery and the, and, and that's the thing you just uh, you just brought up is you know like a textile shop a lot of these breweries take over old industrial mm-hmm. you know buildings. And repurpose them that, for for the purpose of brewing that nobody else would use. Right, right, right. Because 
a lot of the manufacturing jobs, you know, in America, of course, they're gone. You don't need. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can either be done cheaper elsewhere, or they can be done by robots. By robots, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but brewing is something that you can't necessarily do the same way. Right. Needs a little little love. Needs that little bit of love. <laughs> so this organization essentially helps these breweries find a home. Uh, no, no. Uh, the the organization, the Beer Institute, is more just kind of an advocate for the beer industry. Oh, uh, okay. In general, yeah. They, it's just through their study of you know all the different uh, economic things that they found. Mm-hmm. And you can go on the site again, um, beerservesamerica.org. You can get breakdowns by state of like how many people they employ, tax revenue generated, the amount of payment that comes from that. Awesome. It's, a, it's really yeah, it's a really interesting thing, and I think. You know, most people should check it out. I'm glad to see that there are tangible effects of, yeah. of craft beer. Yeah, no, it's tangible, positive effects of craft yeah, beer. I should that's yeah. exactly what it is. Jobs, building community. Yes. Yep. 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 Revitalizing some of these more depressed areas. I know of there are certain cities, certain communities in Pittsburgh that I've gone to that I would have had absolutely zero reason to go there. Yeah. If it weren't for for craft beer. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah we've seen it everywhere. Um, I mean, Brew Gentleman, of course, in Braddock. I mean, that's a shining example right yeah, there. That's the number one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's immediately what came to my mind. That's the gold standard mm-hmm. in our city. Absolutely, but you know, even Voodoo down in Homestead, mm-hmm. you know. That end of Homestead, I mean, you generally, unless you were going to Kennywood, you didn't go past the waterfront. Right. <laughs> but now Voodoo's down there, which is really nice. I actually was in, uh, my wife and I generally go down to Florida every year, and we've hunted out some craft breweries. And it's interesting we're having this discussion because uh, we are in kind of the St. Petersburg area. Okay. And that's another area very similar to Pittsburgh. It's not, it doesn't have nearly as many breweries as our city does, but they're starting to grow. And every year it feels like we go down there and there's more craft breweries to expand. And they probably at least have a dozen down there now, yeah. uh, which is really cool to see. But, you know, same same thing. They're, to find some of these breweries, you have to drive through some questionable areas let's say that we're like are we sure we're on the right path here are we sure we're going to actually find this brewery but then you get there and you know you go in and it's really a nice sense of community it's cool to try you know some of the local brews and and, you know even chit chat with some of the locals a lot of them are dog friendly too so you got dogs in and out of the brewery and it's i don't know it's just a nice social uh thing to do on you know saturday or sunday so it's it's very cool that you know we're starting to see that resurgence in multiple cities across the the original article i was reading that led me to uh this uh website was actually from florida oh and it was talking about yeah it was how about that yeah it was talking about uh tampa a third of their craft breweries are just in like downtown tampa while the rest of them are expanding into these yeah other outside so yeah very nice well st petersburg is only a half hour from tampa so it's pretty Mm -hmm. pretty close Yep, yep. Definitely good, and it's good to finally have just that, that concrete evidence. Yes, yep, absolutely. <laughs> like, that craft beer does good for America. <laughs> awesome. So why don't you give everybody that website one more time before we move on? Yeah, so one more time. It's uh, beerservesamerica.org, and you can just look up all the stats, and they'll give you more information about you know how the beer industry helps America and how it provides jobs. And provides a hobby for us. And yeah, provides exactly. a hobby for us. And eventually Corvettes. That's the hope. Hopefully. But even even another car, or, you know, at the very least, some free beer, that would help too. I mean, some free 120 minute? Yeah. <laughs> Take an 88 Trans Am at them. <laughs> I can see you driving an 88 Trans Am. Fuck yeah, T-Tops. Uh, yeah, T-Tops. Okay. All right, let's get back to this uh, honey Kolsch that we're drinking from Rogue. So this is our second summer beer of the day. It's a German-style ale brewed with Rogue Farms Hopyard Honey, as we mentioned earlier in the show. And uh, what do you guys think of this beer? Adam why don't we start with you again? We've like, the same rotation as before. I like this beer. 
it's like I said earlier. It seems like a very classic summer drinker. And not only that, I know I have mentioned this phrase before, but it's kind of a gateway beer as well. If you want to get somebody that uh, only drinks your your Bud Lights, your Miller Lights, your Coolers Lights. This seems like a good kind of beer to, to bring them over to that craft beer side of things. This, mm-hmm. is a, this is a good gateway beer, and not only that, it's just a good beer, period. Steve, you, you look very perplexed over there. You re, uh, redrew a little bit of the, bro- the beer into your glass. I, th- I think you're misreading perplexed and just enjoying. Well, it's kind of with <laughs> you, it's kind of enjoyment. Yeah, it, it's, it's a... Uh, just kind of enjoying the complexity of the beer. Hmm. I don't think I'm willing to go as far as saying it's a gateway beer. Why not? I mm, I don't know. I just don't think it is. Just doesn't feel that way. Maybe because I think it's too complex for that. <laughs> it's got a lot of flavors going on in it. Mm-hmm. And none of them are harsh, and it's a very balanced beer. That's one of the things that I enjoy about it is, yes, there's a lot of flavors, but none of them are particularly offensive. They mm-hmm. won't jump out at you. In no. terms of, oh, this is terrible, I'm not going to drink this. Uh, and that's why I think it would make for a good gateway beer. Yeah, I can be wrong. I, I can too. Yeah, I don't... I, so I, can Sam? Yeah, I just, I just, I do think it's a very, very good beer, though. Mm-hmm. I do like it a whole lot. Maybe I just don't want it to be a gateway beer because I'm being selfish. <laughs> and I don't want it to give it to other people. <laughs> Nobody else can try this beer. <laughs> yeah, I, I am really enjoying this beer. As someone who's not a fan of the Kolsch's... Generally, uh, this one's very balanced. It's very clean. I like the honey flavor I'm getting up front and the slight bitterness that I'm getting on the back end. So uh, to me, I could really see this, especially coming in at 5%. This could be a beer for everyone. So while I probably wouldn't classify it as a gateway beer either, this is a beer that you can hand to your mother, you can hand to your girlfriend, you can hand to your buddy that just turned 21 and say, hey, let's sit down on the porch, let's BS for a little bit, and let's sip on this honey colch. And I think no matter who you bring in with you, they're going to enjoy this beer as well. It's very easy to drink and very enjoyable, but not overpowering at the same time. Right, so right. I think, uh, I think it can be enjoyed by all, especially in the summer. That's, uh, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Damn right. All right, that is number two for everybody. Uh, the Rogue Honey Kolsch. We have one more segment and one more beer for everybody, so stay tuned for more, Hop Nation. Alright, Hop Nation, we are coming in hot just like the summer months, and we have one more beer to help cool you down. Adam, why don't you tell our audience what we're going to be drinking last? Well, beer number three, uh, I have never had this beer, and I don't think either of you guys have had this either. It's from one of my personal favorite breweries, uh, Bell's, out of Michigan. Bell's is a good brewery. They have lots of good beers there. I didn't get much of a reaction out of you guys. Sorry, I was doing something. Uh, You playing with your your knobs? I was playing with my knob. Yeah, it sounds good. Oh, boo. Yeah. So what we're going to be drinking is the Oarsman Ale. Uh, That's something you can uh, drink with your crew. Oh. Which is very nice. Uh, It is actually a tart wheat ale. Your brew crew. Your brew crew. (laughs) Is Is that trademark somewhere? Probably. Somewhere. Well, but we're kind of a brew crew. We like to drink beers together. So We also brew. And we're true. also home brewers, so let's, we're a brew crew. That's sure. what you do. 
So uh, this one clocks in at a, a very nice low 4%. So this is definitely on your session side of things. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be really good. Uh, part of the reason behind that is, number one, it's by Bells, yeah. uh, who makes uh, a very good uh, wheat beer there. Oberon, I'm sure you guys have Oh, yeah. yeah we, know, we know the Oberon. That is one of their staples. And this is, uh, this is apparently another one, another one of their staples. This one is available year-round. Okay. Oh, really? But I have never had it before, for whatever yeah. reason. Me either. I've seen it before, but I've never picked it up. Yeah. Or even saw it on draft at a bar, so I'm, I'm excited to try this. As am I. Yeah, I think Should it's I... something that never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I never looked for it, because I never knew about it, never really cared. Yeah. When I saw Bells, I immediately went for the Oberon. Uh, Sam, I assume you went for the Two Hearted Ale. Absolutely. See? I love the Two Hearted. So let's... Crack this open and oh, Bills does the expedition style, right? They do. See, that'd be the one I would go for. There it is. <laughs> so this beer has rode its way into our lives. Road? Road? Road. Road? R O W E D. Road. Road. Like they're rowing a boat that you think the things that you would do with an oar. Road. road. It's rode its way into our lives. No, no, keep going. <laughs> There's not. There was nothing else to say. That well, was just it. That is correct. The more you explain the joke, it's funnier it gets. Exactly. That's a, that's a common rule of comedy. Everybody knows that. <laughs> First, you don't get the joke. Explain it till people laugh. <laughs> As you two are doing right now. So obviously, it was a pretty damn good one. Finer than frogs hair. So this um, is light. This is light. Uh, very hazy. Very hazy. Uh, very good head retention. Yeah, uh, a lot of what, carbonation. But I mean, with a wheat beer, duh, you're gonna get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a cherry wheat, you said, or a tart wheat? Just tart. It is a it is a tart wheat. Huh. Yeah. It smells tart. It smells weedy. Let's drink it. Oh, okay, I like that. It's it's tart, but it's not tart like a like a goza. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's it's barely tart mm-hmm. for me yeah it provides a nice little sour flavor but nothing that's going to pucker your, your lips up too much this yeah. this seems to me uh, something that you would drink uh, in like a 3 to 1 ratio like if you're if you're getting into a big solid drinking session mm-hmm. at, I would say a tailgate or a concert or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. this seems like the kind of beer that you throw in there to kind of cleanse the palate remind yeah. your tongue that yes you do like it yeah yeah, everything's gonna be okay. If you're like Sam and you're not a ginger beer drinker, right? This would be a palate cleanser for you, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And just just taking a couple sips of this beer already, to me, of everything we've tried on the show so far, this is the most refreshing of the beers. It is. It doesn't have that heavy aftertaste like the other two have had. Yeah, this really? almost tastes somewhat like a Rattler to me. Like if somebody handed me this beer and. They didn't say it was a beer. They said, here, just try this beverage. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say it was a beer. They didn't really say much of anything. I mean, I could... I could it doesn't have the sweetness of a no. Rattler, but it has that low, low impact that you would yeah. have with a Rattler. Yeah, it's definitely a way low impact. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. It tastes like a carbonated lemon brisk tea, except without the tea. It doesn't, take any, t- doesn't taste anything like tea. Maybe like a carbonated lemonade? A car- <laughs> yeah, a carbonated uh, country thyme lemonade in a mm-hmm. can. Is kind of what it tastes like to me, but okay. not as sweet. So one of the things a little watered I, down. I do have to mention, and I do have to say that I'm a little disappointed in you, Steve. What? Uh, because we are talking summer beers that are going to be part of outdoor activities, uh-huh. uh, and Sam and I brought cans, 
And you brought a bottle. Boo! Yeah, well, shut up. Wow. <laughs> a good counter. Adam makes a valid point. So, and, and this is something that I, I have discovered through my years of drinking. Cans are definitely the way to go. Uh, not only is it better for the beer, because it's less exposed to light, uh, down to zero, really, yeah. uh, but it's easier for, for Mother Earth since it's recyclable. Now, granted, with your bottles, you can reuse them straight away. That's right. But... In addition to that, it's much easier to transport out of wherever you're going. They're obviously crushable. If yeah. You can't really break it and if you're in a parking lot or a field or something like that. You're not going to have the shards of glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a dick thing. I remember my years as a uh, security guard for a concert venue. That uh, a lot of broken bottles in the gravel. Yeah. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I bet that took forever to clean up. Yeah, well, that wasn't my job. That was work release. Oh. Oh. oh, that's a job for work release people. <laughs> get, get the leather gloves out. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry for their luck, but so that is that, that's our public service announcement for the day. Uh, if you're gonna go out and do any sort of outdoor drinking like that, bring something in a can. I mean, we we put that message out there last episode. Mm-hmm. Too. I know, but I want to put it out again. Uh, Nothing it's wrong. A, it's a good it message. Out there twice. It's good yeah. message. It's a good message. So let's say it twice. Oh, yeah. if this is the first episode that someone's listening to of our ah. show, then they may not have listened last week. Yeah. So this could be the first time they're hearing it. Mm. So mm. how about that? Now, speaking of, of drinking outdoors, I know one of our favorite things to do is is certainly tailgate. As we, mm. as we've always been fans of the live music scene. Yes. And tailgating before a summer concert is almost almost a requirement here in Pittsburgh. It's something that everybody does. You plan for it when you go see a show. Especially if you're going to, you know, the bigger shows at Stage AE or Heinz Field or uh, what's Burgett's Town called now? It's now Key Bank. Key, Key, Bank, Key Bank Pavilion. Pavilion. Yeah. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Star Niagara Theater. It's Star Lake. Niagara Falls Star Lake. <laughs> <laughs> All the different names that it's had over the years. <laughs> PBG Paints. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we, we love the tailgating, and it's great to drink outside, especially with a nice can. But even more important to me when I go to a show, outside of the, the drinking and the tailgating, kind of that party atmosphere beforehand, is the concert itself. I love live music, and it's something that I've always been pretty passionate about. I've, I've enjoyed shows. I've been going, going to shows since I was uh, a very small child. My first concert ever was the Beach Boys at Star Lake, when it was still called Star Lake, when I was in first grade. That's awesome. I remember that that being my first show, and then I saw him years later at Bonnaroo again. That was a good afternoon when we saw him at Bonnaroo. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was the classic American afternoon. Beach Boys are playing. We're drinking some beers. We're playing Frisbee out in the field. Yeah, see, that that wasn't even tailgating. That's just us outside drinking beers. That was awesome. (laughs) That is a memory I will always have. How awesome that was. I will never forget... That day we were playing Frisbee, watching the Beach Boys, and we're all standing around in a big circle. <laughs> Someone came walking right through the middle of the circle, and I can't remember who did it. Might have been me. But somebody chucked that Frisbee, and it was hit him square on the side of the head. Just whacked him at full force right in the head. Okay, so I know it wasn't me, and I know it wasn't Adam. Well, Adam wasn't there when it happened. It was... Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Adam was there. No, yeah. yeah. Because it, it was the four of us playing. Yeah. The, uh, so it was our, either me or Bo. It was probably me. Right. It was one of you two. <laughs> now that I'm recalling the, the events of that day, I think it was me. Yeah. So, yes, I whacked somebody square in the head with a Frisbee. But they just yeah. walked through a little circle. <laughs> yeah, the Beach Boys are playing live. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I was I was distracted, let's say. <laughs> so you guys want to know a dirty little secret? What's that? I have never been to Key Bank Pavilion. And really? Like, 
have you never been to Key Is this like a trick where you're like, no, I've never been to Key Bank, but I've been to Post Gazette? Nope. Okay, all the so, same so you've never been to that I have, amphitheater? I have never seen a show at that amphitheater. Really? Why not? Yeah, it's a great, great venue for never, music. Never bothered to. Weird. Wow, you must not really like live music. I, I, at least in <laughs> I've field. Done, I've done Heinz Field. I've done PBG Paints Arena. I remember the old Icy Light Amphitheater. Down yeah, along the Square. Yeah, yeah, I've seen concerts there. I saw Cinderella there. That was a hell of a show. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was Cinderella and the Scorpions. Okay. That was an awesome show. And you're really dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not, you know what? You think, but not really. I guess the Scorpions probably still tour, don't they? Uh, yeah, I think they still might. I mean, this was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, they, well, that, that venue's been gone for years. Yeah, yeah. Then they built that soccer stadium down there. Yeah, where well, it, it, it was maybe a year or two before it got knocked down. Right. Mm. But so, even still, that's it's not uncommon for all those bands to still tour. You just don't hear about right. it. Because uh, you're not in tune with that scene. Yeah. Again, back to when I was working as a security guard, we got tickets all the time to shows. But it was always like rat and skid row. <laughs> like they they always had like these midweek shows that were just like nobody eighties bands. <laughs> huh? Yeah. They fill them up. Like, the, was there a lot of people at those shows? No, that's why we got free tickets. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, lady, we can't sell you tickets. We got to give them away to the security guards. Yeah. Fresh out of luck. It was it was like it was usually big enough to sell out the seats. Mm-hmm. And then, like, everybody just got lawn tickets for free. Mm. So, like, there was still, you know, maybe, like, 11,000 people there, I That's guess. That's still a pretty good crowd. Yeah. I've actually heard of venues, or not venues, uh, shows that have come out there. And I don't know if they started this way, but eventually they sold so few tickets that the band didn't want to cancel the show. Mm-hmm. But they moved everybody into the pavilion so that they wouldn't litter up the lawn. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely happened before. Um, the one show I can think of... I actually think they only sold seats. Like, they never intended to have mm. them on. Um, I saw the Blue Man Group. Oh, there. really? Yeah. And they just kept everything under the under the pavilion. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. I bet that was a good show. Yeah, it really was. So you guys know of any good shows or summer tours that are happening this year? Nope. <laughs> no? Wow, that was a quick response. It's going to be a short segment. <laughs> well, thanks for joining, everybody. Nope, nope nothing. Um... Nah, I'm kind of not in tune at the moment. I haven't had that drive to go out to like a big show or a big festival. I like uh, I like smaller shows nowadays. I'm old and I don't like being around a bunch of people. You need that elbow room. <laughs> yeah, I need my elbow room. Yeah, but don't you like going out to Burgettstown and pretty much drinking in a big field and having a giant party with 16,000 of your closest friends? I wouldn't know. You would know, but Steve would know. He's been out there a bunch of times. The, I, I'll come. I, I will come out for like those bigger shows if I know other people are going to be there. But as we've maybe learned in the past, that I'm more of a metalhead and such. That is true. That uh, as noted by the shirt that you're wearing right yeah, now. Well, hailstorm. <laughs> I'm not usually one to go out for like. There's no Ozfest anymore either. No, they they do very few festivals out there yeah. nowadays. Yeah, but but even so, I mean, it doesn't have to be a festival; it can just be a show. Right, but I mean, that's the thing. There's not a whole lot of big metal shows that go out there to begin with. Most of the metal you find down at Stage AE. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I got a couple things. I'm sure you I'm do because you're the, the you're music. the concert goer. I'm yeah. the concert king, I guess. So a couple a couple shows that I'm really looking forward to out there this year, and they're doing some pretty nice summer tours. One I'm actually going to with you, Steve, is you 
I'm surprised you didn't mention this, but we're going to see Muse out there. Muse is coming. I forgot. <laughs> and uh, well, isn't that just amusing? <laughs> so Muse Muse is a great band. Yeah. And uh, we were able to actually catch them last time they were here as well when they played down at the PPG Paints Arena. See, I think it, it wasn't that I forgot that we were going to see them. I thought they were just playing PPG Paints again. <laughs> uh, no, they're out in Burgettstown, which makes it uh, quite a drive on a Tuesday night. So it's going to be a late night. Actually, it's a lot closer for you than it is for me. Mm-hmm. Right up the road. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a really good show. It's one tour that I'm really looking forward to this year because they're playing with another band that I really enjoy, 30 Seconds to Mars, who I have seen before, and they put on a great live show. Always enjoy me some Jared Leto, Leto however you pronounce his name. Jared Leto. It's fine. You just go with that. <laughs> so, I'm excited for that tour, because Muse, Muse is a powerhouse, man. Yeah, Muse is amazing. I've never seen 30 Seconds to Mars, so I'm interested. I Like, I was never a big fan of theirs to begin with. Nor was I. Yeah. That's okay. Maybe it'll change you a little bit once you see their live show. Hopefully it'll be good. So I got that, and then another show that I'm really excited for, this actually doesn't happen until September, but it's kind of my country party of the summer. And that is, of course, Luke Bryan, who I've seen the last few years, and we're going to go and see him again. But the thing about those shows, especially the country shows out there, they, they promote the best atmosphere. Even if you don't like country music, even if you're not a fan of Luke Bryan, I would recommend that everybody picks a country show from an artist that eh, maybe they like a little bit or like a few songs from, and go out and get the true country experience. Because the nice thing about... Um, whatever, the Key Bank Arena, whatever the hell it's called now, <laughs> is that it's kind of like right on the border of Hicktown, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and Weirton, West Virginia. Yeah. So the crowd and the rednecks that you get coming up for those shows is just absolutely phenomenal. And they are, you know, the nicest people. They come out, they want a party, everybody's bringing their big trucks, Confederate flags are, you know, waving in abundance, and it's just... Which- which is silly in itself, being it that is. The, the three states that we get people from, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio, we're all on our side. Right, we're not. They're all on the union side. And I'm pretty sure West Virginia left the union, or left the they confederacy? Left, they, left to, we, they left regular Virginia. To come join the union. Right. So it's just a bunch of... Stupid mountain folk. Yeah, just a bunch of dumb traders, but they are very fun to hang out with to the point that I will, I'll go out there and drink. Well, if that happens, let me know. I might go with you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'll Even go out there Even if you don't go to the show. Yeah. Like, just for the party itself, because I tell you what, people, people at those, in, the, in that environment, they bring out some really interesting games, too. I remember one time, I was just going to the bathroom, and someone had this giant stump, and it was sitting on the ground, and it had a bunch of nails in it. Oh, you've never played stump before? Is that, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where you gotta flip the hammer? Flip the hammer, yeah. Yeah. See, I'd never played that before. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You grew up out in the country. <laughs> but yeah, you, you flip the hammer and then try to whack the nails down. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh my god. You've never played that before? No, oh, not gotta, that simple. <laughs> you gotta go drinking with dumb country mics more often. I tell you, it, it's just, it's such a fun party out there. So, I like Luke Bryan. I enjoy his shows. They're a lot of fun. And so many well, excited to get back out there. Now, hold on, let me, let me ask you something. So you're all excited for this Luke Bryan thing. Did you hear what he was saying about the Penguins? Uh, I'm assuming he was in Nashville doing something for the game yeah, during an intermission call, or something. He was causing a bit of a ruckus. He was starting some anti-Murray chants, and he was being a bit of a jack. Well, guess off. what happened? What? Yeah, I know. We won. Yeah, guess what happened? Which, by the way, congratulations. 
Yeah, congratulations yeah. to the Pittsburgh to Penguins again. Back to back. Well, they've got time. If they're in their off season now, they can listen to their podcasts again. I know. Hopefully, they get caught up and you know they're listening right now. Get that Stanley Cup bump. Yeah, exactly. They might be looking for beer that they can put into the Stanley Cup and drink out of. Smart. Ooh, ooh, I could. Ooh, you know what? Two episodes from now, Next we episode. could show up to Mario's house. Uh huh. We can Mario. Mario. <laughs> hey, Mario. No. Ian's <laughs> gonna throw that cup in the pool again. <laughs> and we have to think we can have ourselves a nice beer tasting out of the Stanley Cup. I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. Sure. So let's just find an agent or whatever. Oh, can your buddy Joe help us out with that one? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if we just show up, if we show up late enough into the party, we can probably just walk in there. Fair enough. We can record an episode of drinking I mean, different beers out of the Stanley Cup if we can get in. If we can just keep calling <laughs> with all Sam, of our equipment. We can keep calling Sam Coonhockle. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody knows who he is. Yeah, anyhow, so yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just say that that He's over there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right, so those are two of my concerts. We got country concerts and then kind of taking a different turn in Muse, but so, I like a vast variety of music. So have you ever been to Jamboree in the Hills? No, but it's been on my list, and the only thing that has kept me from going is that the lineup the last couple years I wasn't too impressed with, but I've heard that that's pretty much the Bonnaroo for rednecks. That's what I've heard as well, and it's just a constant party. I've heard it's absolutely awesome. I've, I've heard the environment is great. It's the games, the beer, everything is flowing. That, that's one place, if I were to go, I would really be uh, you know, taking a step back in the beer world, and I'd probably get a couple cases of Bush <laughs> just so I could fit in a little bit better, because I, I don't know. Just turn, turn the machine off for the weekend? Exactly, because yeah, I feel like if I, I went out there with the Bell's Oarsman, I might get a few weird looks, especially if I'm dressed with my uh, American flag T-shirt that I've ripped the sleeves off of. <laughs> you know, I... I I'm a poser in a way, but at the same time, I, I want to try to blend in a little yeah. bit. You do drive a Scion. <laughs> yeah, well, that way they wouldn't be coming. I'd have to go with somebody that got a truck, or I'd have to rent one. What the fuck you driving there? You're going to get stuck in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to rent a truck from truck from Avis or Hertz or something. That'd be even worse. <laughs> you, you can pre-mud it up a bit. <laughs> run a truck from Hertz and then run it through the mud for a bit and then take it out. If that happens, let me know. I want in on that. Yeah, exactly. Do some mudding and then go out to Jamboree in the Hills. Hell yeah. Get do some Denny's. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm sure if it rains out there, you can just find a dirt road or something and just haul ass down the dirt road. And by the time you came out, the truck would be uh, just a splattered in mud. A muddy mess. A muddy mm. mess. The way God intended the only other show that I got on the docket this year, and I'm actually very, very excited for this show. I got, bought a group on for this, me and one of my buddies from high school, and we're going to go see Matchbox 20. And Matchbox 20 has always been on my bucket list of concerts to see, just because I've always been a big fan of Rob Thomas, and mm-hmm. I've enjoyed their music for so long. So they're playing out at the Key Bank again. All these shows are at Key Bank this yeah. year, but they're playing out there with uh, Counting Crows. Ooh. Oh. So huh. Matchbox 20 and the Counting Crows, we've got Groupons for 20 bucks. <laughs> kind of like, like what we got from Muse. Right. I feel like I've seen that show before. Have you? Yeah. I've ne- I've seen The Counting Crows before, but I've never seen Matchbox 20. I, I really enjoy them. I know I've seen both. I just don't remember if I saw them both together. Because I've also seen Three Doors Down. It was all work and security. You see all kinds of shows. Oh, you did see it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't go to it, per se. No, no, I was just there. Right. And, like, I was usually working right next to the stage. So, oh, so yeah. you got to see the show up, <laughs> yeah. up close and I personal. Just wa- I just watched the show as long as everybody's behaving. <laughs> <laughs> Which, depending on the show, sometimes people probably were not behaving. 
Yeah, I got some stories from that, but I don't want to get into it because it paints some people in a poor light. Well, that is a very democratic <laughs> way of putting that. Yep. I will say uh, one of the best shows I ever got to see was um, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, and Dio. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. That's right up your alley. And it totally was. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I mean, I guess probably because they're older metal acts, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, like young people, like an Ozfest or whatever that garbage monster energy drink revolver fest or whatever i remember that i don't think they do that anymore i don't know if they do that or not that's like it wasn't like kill switch engage there yeah i mean they had some bands but then not skrillex uh, anthrax yeah (laughs) scott ian is not skrillex (laughs) no no but then they were all like it was always like headlined by rob zombie and corn and it was just like, who cares? And it was sponsored by like stupid ass energy drinks, and like everything was like skulls and stars. Oh, the Rockstar Energy Fest. Yeah, sure. Because I think Nickelback played that one year. Yeah, exactly. It was just, like it just didn't even make any sense. Like occasionally they had like Cradle of Filth on the bill yeah. with like a bunch of other like bro rock like garbage. <laughs> it was stupid. Now let's talk about something that's a little bit better, at least to some, and that is the Bells. Oarsman Ale. Steve, why don't you go first this time? What do you think of the Oarsman Ale, this refreshingly tart wheat ale with bright, citrusy aromas, great for you and your crew? Would you drink this with your crew? I mean, I'm already drinking it with my crew. (laughs) That's true, but we kind of have to for the show. What about with Dirty Mike and the boys? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the (laughs) F-pad. Sorry, Sam, that's another movie you maybe not seen. Probably not. What is it? Uh, The Good Guys. Oh, you know what? I did see that, but it's been a long time. Yeah. It was a good film, and then it had... I'm sure there's, like, an R-rated cut somewhere. Probably. Because, like, there's that scene where um, Ava Mendez is tearing down Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can tell all her lines have been 80-yard for PG-13. <laughs> like, if you read her lips, she's saying something really bad. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, yeah, back to this thing with the bruise crew, bruise crews, and the crews, and the bruise... The booze cruise. Booze cruise, booze. I think it's a good beer. I don't know. I didn't love it as much as the other beer, mm. as the Kolsch. I don't know. It's kind of refreshing. You guys find it more refreshing than me, I guess. I didn't find it that refreshing, though. I found it just kind of eh, kind of a weak ale. Hmm. Yeah. Sam, what were your thoughts on the on this bad man pajama? Steve can take his weak ale elsewhere. It's <laughs> 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 not my weak ale. I didn't bring this. I brought the Kolsch. <laughs> true now what i think of this beer is i actually think that it's very refreshing and i enjoy drinking it and this is a beer that i could see myself bringing along for the crew the only thing if i did have um anything negative to say about this beer the only thing i wish is that it tasted a little bit more like beer i think at the i think at the four percent abv it was a little bit light on the taste although refreshing I kind of wanted to taste, I don't know, to have a little bit more of a malt flavor to it, maybe to get a slight hint of some hops in there. I mean, I know it's meant to be, you know, kind of tart and juicy and weedy for summer, but I don't know. It, it didn't taste really like beer to me. As I mentioned before, it kind of tasted like a can of old-time lemonade. Yeah, country time. <laughs> that, was a, that was a little bit on the weak side. Yeah, the country time lemonade yeah. that was a little bit on the weak side. So, I don't know. That would probably be my only complaint if I had one. But overall, I did enjoy the beer, and... I would have no problem bringing along uh, this beer on a boat with my crew. The only problem, I guess, would be that I don't have a boat, so 
Mm. I could bring my crew on a boat, but it'll be somebody else's. Got to rent a boat. Maybe, maybe a random stranger's. I'll just take one. Just off, hop off on the, the boat. Alleg- off the Allegheny that's just docked down by PNC Park yeah. or something. Never buy a boat. Either steal it or rent it. Don't. <laughs> Boats are a money trap. There are two good days in a boat owner's life. The day they buy it and the day they sell it. Mm. That's what they say. So what about you, Adam? You taking this out with your crew, with your boys, with, with your dirty homies, and the boys, with your entourage? Yeah. Yeah, I like this beer. I can't say much more about it. I like the beer. It, it says that it's tart. It's not particularly tart. Mm-mm. Um, that's not a bad thing if you're looking for a good session beer to to go out and drink. You know, if you're sitting out on a beach and you're having three or four, that ain't bad at all to, to not have a, a big tart beer or a big hoppy beer or something like that. Nice, clean, simple is A-OK in my book. Low ABV, so you can drink a lot of it. I liked it. And the other thing is, and that is something that I had mentioned earlier, if you're at a tailgate and you, you're looking to tie one on, chances are you're going to be bringing a Big Mac Brew. So if you if you have your Miller's Light, your Cooler's Lights, your Bud Lights, throw a couple of these in the cooler as well. And every every couple of cans, have one yeah. to, to treat your tongue a little better. It's not a bad idea. I like that. And, and I, yeah, I think this that's where this beer would shine is a, is a switch up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During, a, during a big drink session. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that is where this beer would make its money. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, point. overall, I like the beer, and I would I would drink it again on its own. It doesn't have to be part of a, a package deal or anything like that. It's just a good beer that I would drink again. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. So, so, shall we conclude with putting them on the podium? I think so. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Adam, Adam. go first. So the the bronze that one is this one's actually a little bit tough. Uh, actually, it's not tough at all. <laughs> like how? It's not tough at all. For, not for you. Not from what I've been listening. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, the third third place definitely went to the Victory Summer Love. It's not a bad beer. Uh, it's just a little heavier than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. The the taste on the back end and the aftertaste was a little outside of what I'm looking for in a summer beer. Not great. Not bad. Just not great. Gold and silver get a little more cloudy. Uh, those two are a pretty tight one, and if we're talking outdoor beers or if we're talking tailgating beers, uh, that's the direction I'm going to go with this one. Uh, I'm going to put my silver with the Kolsch uh, by Rogue, and not by a large margin. I liked it. It's a really good beer, uh, and just for general drinking, I liked it a lot. But the Oarsman uh, by Bells, I think, is, is the winner on this one, uh, simply because I think it can mix in a lot better with a lot of the other beers. And you can, it's a lot more utilitarian for, for what you can do with it. So for that reason, I think it's going to, to get the gold medal today, first place, top of the podium. Steve, uh, what's your uh, dissemination of what we were drinking today? Well, thankfully, we're not going to go three for three again. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm actually going to put the oarsman at bronze. Really? Yeah, I just found it, I don't know, I just found it too weak. You're right in that it could be used as like a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. But, like, so good a whole lot of other stuff that isn't beer. <laughs> like, a ginger ale could be a palate cleanser. You, if a somebody, glass of water? Yeah, a glass of water. If somebody had if somebody had some, you know, wine around. And, and like, that's just not what I'm looking for. It's just it's just too thin. Too, the flavor profile is just too, I don't know, weak for me. Hmm. Uh, I wish, you know, I don't wish it was more tart. Because then that would have... No. 
you know, that kind of would have really ruined it. But maybe if it was just a little more lemony, you know, something something to kind of make it stand out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I would drink it, like you said, if it's in a cooler and I've already had three, you know, macro brews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have one of those just kind of switch it up and give myself a break or something like that. Yeah. Or if I'm drinking heavy and I'm drinking, you know, IPAs or something. Again, you know, I'll cleanse the palate with it. You got no problem with that. Yeah, but j- otherwise, I'm not looking for it as a standout. So, yeah, bronze for that one. Silver, I'm going to give to the Summer Love. You know, again, for the same reasons that you said. It, a little too heavy for, you know, just a, a, an outside drinker having a good time. I feel like, yeah, if you're sitting down somewhere. Watching a baseball game? Yeah, if you're <laughs> like if you're sitting down at a baseball game or if you've got luxury boxes at a concert. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, have it, have it with you. I don't think it's great for maybe being out in the sun all day with it was a little too heavy a little too earthy for that so i'm going to put that one in second and the gold's going to go to that honey kolsch that's so refreshing and it has such a complex flavor profile to it that it, it's sweet but it also has a very natural taste to it and i think it's really great for anybody sammy's sammy sammy's yeah. it's like a little sandwich i'm hungry i am sammy's <laughs> hungry think about sandos sandwich sandwiches I mean, this is going to be pretty hard for me because I've come to the conclusion that I hate all of these beers. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to make it even a little bit more different than Adam and Steve, so we're going 0 for 3 in terms of the same ratings on this episode. Good. Uh, my third place is going to be the Victory Summer Love. Um, I, I didn't really enjoy that beer all that much. Even as it warmed up a little bit, I was hoping to get a few more distinct flavors, but that bitterness on the back end just kind of sealed the deal for me, and that's not what I'm looking for, especially in a summertime beer. If I was drinking something that bitter, it would be a pale ale or an IPA, and I would enjoy it a lot more. So yeah. for me, that's one's going to take the bronze today. The silver is going to be the Oarsman Ale from Bell's. I like the Oarsman Ale. It was refreshing, but as I mentioned... Um, there what it just didn't really taste like beer. I didn't think the flavor profile was that strong, and not that I would want you know a ton more alcohol in here, but I feel like bumping the ABV up maybe another half percent, 0.7 percent, would get you a taste that uh, just just kind of I don't know, a little more a little more boozy or something, a little little more boozy, just so I knew that it was beer and not you know a weak ass version of a lemonade, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe instead of like. I don't know. I don't know what their grain bill is, but being a, is a wheat ale, maybe if they added just a little bit of barley or something in there. Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that, or even a little bit more wheat. So you got kind of that weedy, malty flavor a little mm-hmm. bit more. I yeah. don't know because I got a lot of tart and I got a lot of lemony flavor. So I don't know. That one's gonna take the silver. Not a bad beer, but something that I don't know. I think could, you could certainly improve upon. Mm-hmm. So that means the gold for me is gonna be the honey Kolsch. I did enjoy the Honey Kolsch. That was a good beer. It was uh, flavorful. It uh, had I loved that it was brewed with honey from Rogue Farms, and I thought that was a really neat addition to the beer. At 5%, it was very drinkable, and it's something that I can certainly enjoy multiple of. So for me, that is going to be the gold for today's show, the Honey Kolsch by Rogue. So with that, as it turns out, nobody can uh, agree with anybody on anything here today. I don't know. Sam and I agree that the Kolsch is better than everything. The Kolsch is a really good beer. And Adam and I agreed that the Summer Love is worse than everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Oof. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed in that one. 
Well, take that as you will, Hop Nation audience. Those are, those are our summer beer reviews. As you can tell, some are good. Some are better than ah. others. Some are not as good <laughs> as others. And if you try some and you don't like them, try some more. Hmm? Smur. Summer. Summer. Try some more. Summer. Let's try to fit summer in there one more time. <laughs> try some more. Try some more. All right, Steve, you want to give everybody our social media bugs? Okie dokie. So if you're looking for us on social media, just search for Hop Nation USA, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And to listen to new episodes every Friday, just check out either SoundCloud or iTunes. If you're on iTunes, leave us a rating of five stars, and that really helps the show grow and makes it better for everybody. Including us, because then we can get that Corvette money. Hell yeah, Corvette money. <laughs> um, this week, if you want to email us pictures of sweet-ass Corvettes and Pontiac T-tops, mm, you can send those emails to <laughs> hopnationusa at gmail.com. I think we've made enough of a jackasses out of ourselves today. Yeah. yeah. I feel pretty good about ourselves. I think that about does it for episode 15, boys. Nice work. Well done. Jackaloons. Jackalopes? Is that like jack wagons? Juggalos. No, not Juggalos. I will not be going to that concert. There are no ICP concerts. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, no, the Gathering of the Juggalos. No, sorry, we're out of time. Oh, yes, we're out of time. No, the Gathering of the Juggalos. And we will see you next week for episode 16, right back here at the exact same place. Take it easy, Hop Nation. Enjoy your weekend. Mm